Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Sarah, welcome back to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. It is a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. I always have so much fun with you. Pleasure, <laughs> pleasure to be at home. Pleasure to be. Welcome to my bedroom. I yeah, mean... welcome to my um, podcast studio slash <laughs> lounge room slash kitchen slash bedroom just over there. <laughs> yeah, this is my office slash yeah Zoom studio slash beauty studio slash golden Very retriever. Very versatile. I like it. Yeah, I know. Well, Playground. Paul is the real reason why I wanted to do the show today and he's decided to just have a nap. So I've had to go for the next best guest and that was you. You were in the <laughs> room. So I said, come and take a seat. <laughs> I was the second choice always. <laughs> How have you been? Cute. Yeah, really well. Really, really well, well, yeah. I yeah, mean, I mean there's considering. Been, there's been lots going on for you in the past, oh, what, last, last couple of years really, but particularly in the last kind of six to 12 months, you've got a lot happening with the, with the book, which we'll talk about. Um, your podcast CZA is going incredibly. What else is happening? Oh, well, I mean, the shit show that's 2020, I guess, is like <laughs> added a whole layer of interesting events uh, and emotions this year. Yeah. It's been like at the same time as being such an exciting year with big milestones like the book, the podcast just had its 100th episode. Yeah. Uh, our first year of marriage, uh, got a gig on Channel 7. Like, there's been some really, really wonderful things that I'm so grateful for. I've started producing other people's podcasts and yeah. just learning a lot and um, have had some wonderful family time. But then on the flip side, you know, the cafe's been pretty much closed since yeah. March. Um, in Victoria, particularly, I know you've got listeners interstate, but in Victoria, we're in stage four. It's been mm. a real test, I think, before we started recording, you and I were talking about how because you and I have done a lot of self-development work, meditation, gratitude journaling, we've sat with our thoughts and removed the busy before. We've had a little bit of practice yeah. at what it's like to just kind of strip everything back and find out who you are without all the stuff. Yeah. But even with practice, it's been a hard year, I think. Just mm, it, it definitely has. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. I mean, like by the sounds of it, you've got absolutely plenty going on. I mean, I think <laughs> the first the first episode that we did together, I can't remember whether you had either just started yours. I reckon you just started your podcast. It was pretty fresh, I think. Yeah, I think we did yours first and then you jumped on mine a couple yes. of weeks later and that was yeah. like episode 10 or something really yeah. early. Yeah, real fresh. So how have you found that journey of podcasting so far? I mean, you've had some incredible guests on and the show's doing really well. So what's, um, yeah, how, how have you found it and what have you kind of taken away from it so far? Uh, I just, I always say, you know, you don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. I had absolutely no expectations, no real plans with it either. It was just kind of a new venture that legitimized and gave me an excuse to have fun conversations, which I'm sure you identify with. Yeah. And then when it turns out other people enjoy those conversations too, and it starts growing, it's just been the biggest learning curve in terms of actual audio editing and yeah. learning how to be the interviewer instead of the interviewee. But just I think that every single person knows something that you don't. And if you make it your mission to find out what that is, you just learn so much about happiness, about fulfillment, about choices, yeah. about discomfort, about suffering and like how the, the real challenging parts of anyone's journey are the bits where they learn the most. It's just opened my eyes so much to 
so many different industries. Like I've really had access to people I never thought I'd be able to talk to from mm. all walks of life. So like really well known to just people who have, don't even have social media, yep. everyone from business, like people who are really similar to my life and then people who are so the opposite of my so life. So far off, yeah. And it's just, yeah, I've learned so much. So what, much. Um, what are some of the things, some of the ways that you found to be able to, I guess, get these guests to open up or become quite vulnerable on the show and, and share some things that, that are quite impactful? I mean, whether it be just stuff that you want to know or whether it's stuff that, you know, when I approach an interview with someone who I know has done a lot of interviews before, I try and think of ways to, or questions to ask that are going to be off off track with the questions that they're continually getting asked that you could just find on any interview they've done. I mean, is there certain, yeah. is there certain ways or certain um, roads you go down in the chats to try and get them to open up a little bit? Yeah, definitely. And I actually learned a lot from you on this. Like I'd listened to you for ages before I started and heard you, you know, chat to like NBA players, like people who are interviewed all the time. And you always made a really big effort to ask questions and mention to that person that they were questions that, you know, you probably don't get asked this because you get interviewed a lot. And I found that has been probably the best strategy is like researching yeah. the person to within an inch of their life, listening to other interviews and actually skipping past all the stuff that people can find elsewhere. Because yeah. those listeners can go and find that story anywhere. So cutting straight to the stuff that shows that you cared enough about their story and you were grateful enough for their time that you'd want to try and get something different. I think as soon as you show someone you understand who they are or you've tried to understand who they yeah. are, you've looked up, you know, what their middle name is or like, <laughs> you know, what town they grew up in, those really small things make them feel at home. They make them feel valued. And I think that also sets a tone really early as well that you're not going to try and get controversial stuff out of them because like yeah. exclusive content, it's just you're genuinely interested in them as a human. That's right. I think it does show that you um, that you're interested and that you care and that you haven't just done this for your own benefit. I mean, that's because a yeah. lot of these people would definitely just get asked to be on shows and shit because people want to use their name as clickbait and to, to grow their own ratings and their views and, and listens and stuff like that. So when I think when you go into it and you say something and you can, you can almost tell, I mean, it's a lot easier in person than it is on Zoom, but you can kind of tell when you say something and it, and it like kind of throws them off a bit. They kind of think to themselves, oh, shit, this person actually cares and has done something, has put in some form of actual background work i mean i did a, a chat not long ago with um hugh van kylenberg who who the author of um the the um resilience project and a lot of the yeah, questions yeah. a lot of the questions that I, I tried to ask him on there or even stories and stuff that i brought up were real specific to parts of the book or parts of his life and, and you could just tell that it opened up um a better conversation as the show went on to go into things that probably I didn't even have intent. I didn't have any intentions of talking about, but this opens up different, <laughs> different avenues. It's yeah, definitely. I think if someone has written a book, the first thing you can do is read the book, like show that you actually like, bothered yeah, yeah. to buy it and open it and process what their message was. Yeah. Uh, and like, I found the best example of that for me was when I got to interview Gary Vaynerchuk, which was like a once in a lifetime, incredible opportunity. So I never thought I'd get, but I had 27 minutes and I was sort of like, how do you even That's insane. compress? Yeah. So someone, precise. yeah. <laughs> and it's actually, you know, it's harder to do a shorter interview than it is to do a long one. Cause you can waffle around and eventually get to the juice in an hour, but in 27 minutes with someone that prolific and who you want to get the most out of and showcase, but have a good rapport with, but I and didn't meet him until we, 
Yeah. And we, yeah. he walked in and we pressed record. Like there was no banter before either. So I was like, okay. how do I do all of that in yeah. such a short amount of time? And so the strategy was I'm going to cut anything that you can hear elsewhere because he has 75 channels. So yeah. don't worry about the story. Don't <laughs> want to, don't worry about like, how did you get here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask him only weird questions. And also yeah. I find if you ask them something about something that's not something any of you are selling or that's yeah. not their actual career. If you ask them something that the only reason you would ask is if you were interested, like it's not about his channel, about you're not going to get anything out of about, their answer. Yeah. Apart from, yeah, this. I asked him about, I think it was like, um, something about his daughter that was just irrelevant to anything. And, yeah. but I genuinely thought that would be a more interesting question to ask than like, how did you start a business? And he didn't have an answer because he was like, no one's asked me that before. I'm so not used to giving, you know, I'm used to just cool. parroting off the same things. I was like, yeah. that's when you've done your job, when they have, they're not prepared and they're like, oh. <laughs> Someone that's prepared for everything is not prepared. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. But it takes hours. I think people forget. Yeah. It takes like, I mean, you do the same. You do yeah, a lot yeah. of research on your guests beforehand, but then it's worth it for the conversation. It definitely is. And something that I've found as well is particularly because I started my show about, I think it's roughly three years ago. So when I started mine and feel free to not go back and listen to the first 50 episodes because they're fucking horrible. <laughs> but, but because I have started so long ago and you know, you've just notched up your hundredth episode now, like the thing that I really enjoy about podcasting is that the, the content is evergreen. So like you're getting people now who are listening, they might listen to this episode and they go, Oh, this show is quite good. And they go back through and there's like 200 to 300 episodes for them to listen to. And that one, it's like when you read a book, that one podcast episode or maybe one sentence in a podcast episode could be something that just completely changes someone's life or perspective on something, which is, which is kind of fun and exciting. And another reason why you want to do the research before talking to someone who has a lot to offer, because mm. the impact of that one episode, even though you know, it might take an hour or two to, to research or whatever beforehand, but the impact could just be life-changing for someone. I reckon that's, it's exciting. Totally. Yeah, totally. Who has been someone on um, CZA that you have not expected to be, well, not on um, that, that sounds bad, but not, not expected <laughs> to be good. I mean, but like, <laughs> as a show, crazy. Yeah. What shit guest yeah. did what you person think? did was... you think was going to be absolute garbage and they were actually all right, apart from that. <laughs> Um, no, but yeah. like who's... this guy called DK. Uh, yeah. he's... <laughs> I only had him on because I couldn't find anyone else. <laughs> yeah, bit bit of a flog. Uh, you yeah. know, had a gap in gap in the schedule. I was like, shit, how do I fill this? <laughs> Wanted to make the rest of your guests look even better, so you'd got. Me yeah, on. yeah. I was just trying to like show you how good you have it. You know, yeah, I wanted yeah, to show nice. you someone shit to show. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, let me rephrase this. What guest took you by the most surprise and, and offered a lot of value or, or you took a lot away from the episode and you probably weren't expecting to do so? Because there's been a lot for me. There's been a lot of guests where not so much I didn't expect them to be good, but I didn't come into it knowing that it was going to be as impactful as what it was. Yeah, totally. I think you definitely have those ones that you're like, you're going to be a zinger. Like this is going to be amazing. And then you have the people And they're usually are- shit, by the way. <laughs> Usually, like not 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 always, but like a lot of the time they can be. I mean, the more you hype yourself up for it, or the more you think this is going to be so so good. I I anyway find that I'm not try so try too hard, but try and like am so just ready for that moment in the podcast or that thing for them to say that a lot of the time it doesn't come because because you, you're 
not open to talking about other shit because you're trying to get that one thing. I don't totally. know if you find the and same then, thing. You know, I find not so much that, but that I'm not relaxed because I'm yeah. like the pressure on myself to make that guest happy with the result, to make them feel comfortable because you're like, oh my God, I can't believe you said yes. And yeah. like, there's just so much more thinking, you're overthinking all the time instead of just going yeah. with the conversation. And I find like, if your friends listen who know you well, they would hear it in your voice that 100%. you're really nervous or that you're yeah. really like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Or I find the ones that are so famous that the questions have to be approved in advance or if there are parameters, like you feel really limited. And then I find it a lot harder to just like banter because you're like, next question. And you kind of have yeah. to go from the list, which I find really hard. <laughs> but um, I've definitely had some who I've had on because they have a really interesting story, but then I haven't expected to have banter like we're besties. Like I haven't expected to just enjoy the hour so much that I do want it to end. And mm. I think one of them recently was Jeremy Mouse, who's the founder of Grown Alchemist. Okay. I knew the brand. I love the vision. I um, have been using it for years and the industrial design is amazing. And the, you know, I kind of knew the brand ethos, but I had no idea who the founders were. I hadn't, he's not someone I'd known of for years. It just, an opportunity came out of nowhere. And I thought, yeah, like, give yeah. it a go. I mean, yeah, yeah. he sounds interesting. And, you know, I didn't even know what he looked like. And it, it's rare. I think it's probably the same for you, but it's rare for me to not know them at all and to just yeah. come in yeah, yeah, yeah. totally cold. Yeah. <laughs> and the minute, from the minute he opened the door, he just was dressed in this like impeccable beautiful suit but not in a wanky way and not in an overly formal way he just was so comfortable in himself and just such a gentleman but so self-deprecating and like genuinely someone I would want to keep talking to mm. like make friends with and yeah, yeah, continue yeah. a relationship with because he was yeah. just full of like we laughed we cried like there were just so many elements to him and the story that were nothing that I expected. And he's just got this beautiful voice, the way that he speaks. That's just, it's, it's a combination of uh, his parents were, you know, Dutch and French, like all these different um, nationalities have resulted in this really interesting accent. And he, I just mm. had so much fun. And then at the that's end, awesome. I was like, did I ask you anything about the brand? Like, did we just <laughs> ramble on about yeah. nothing for an hour? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, that you, it, it almost becomes like, quite selfish you come become quite selfish as a um podcast host because you start thinking like who do i want to who do i want to interview that i can not get value from but learn stuff from or someone that i find really interesting and, and a lot of the time like the audience obviously are probably thinking or feeling the same thing as well is paul working up paul's working up sorry too late Having buddy you've been, you've been it's changed, always a risk been switched out this episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Keep it down over there. Um, oh, now he's making his... Oi. Sorry, hold on. Rude guest. You calm down? Sorry. Oh, really, um, no stress. The other one yeah, you do. was... Oh, sorry. No, you're right. I was just going to say, you do, you do kind of 
end up thinking to yourself, all right, what, like, what is interesting about this person that I could really learn a lot from? Cause a lot of the time, like I, I have these questions in mind that I think people are going to want to hear or blah, blah, blah. And then you get talking and then all of a sudden, like I haven't looked at any of them. You just end up thinking to yourself, they say something and then that kind of catches your attention and then you ask something else. And then you end up just wanting to find out more about them for your own reasons instead of what you initially went into it for in the first place. <laughs> I actually love that about podcasting. I almost love that you don't see your audience at the same time as you're recording and you don't have access to all the stats and no one sees your followers. I think that yeah. really liberates you from yeah. trying to, you know, on social media, we're always double guessing what's going to go well with like, it's a combination of what do I want to post and what do I find interesting with how am I going to present it in the way that goes the best? Yeah. Whereas on podcasting, you literally just create something that you think is really interesting. You don't get any live feedback. So you're not going to change halfway through anyway to cater to the audience. Yeah. And that makes the end product so much more genuine and enjoyable to listen to. I kind of yeah, didn't expect that from the platform, but I love it. I agree. In terms of like, I wanted to, like one of the main reasons I want to have a chat today is, is talk to you about the new book which at the moment has not been released but yet, but you can um, buy it pre-sale at the moment. Yeah. You sure can. Awesome. So I would highly recommend, and I'm going to ask everybody listening at the moment to go and, and pre-buy the book because I know you'll absolutely love it. Um, and, and I, for one, can't wait to read it either. So tell us about that whole process. Like what, um, how long did it take? <laughs> Where did the idea come from? And, and I'm sure you're very happy with it, but when, when is it released? And, and just, yeah, give us a rundown on the whole, the whole CZA book. Oh, thanks, DK. Um, <laughs> well, it's interesting that you said, I'm sure you're really happy with it. It's actually been everything that I wrote about in it, about self-doubt, about perfectionism, start before you're ready, like get through the imposter syndrome. I experienced all of that again in writing it. It was almost like I was writing what I needed to hear. Yep. And I, because it's not out in the world, I still do have this weird feeling of like, holy shit, people are going to get it and they're going to read it and they're going to realize it's like a pile of shit and then they're going to throw it out and then everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> There's still always those imposter syndrome nerves of like, do I deserve to write a book? Do I have anything interesting to say? Mm. But that's kind of what the book is all about is that yeah. we all go through huge barriers in our minds to achieving our full potential, like self-doubt, like negative environments, negative friendships, like, uh, you and know, I think like just to cut, yeah. just sorry to cut you off, but cause I'll fucking 100% forget what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I think that's really cool for people that are listening at the moment that may follow your stuff already, or maybe it's the first time I've heard you to even see though, that, you know, here's someone who's about to put out this book and they're going to read it and see everything in it. But to know that this, you, you still kind of suffer from all this same stuff as well. I mean, and yeah. that, that is why you've written, in the end of the day, that's why you've written a book is because you've been through it and you wouldn't have written the book if you hadn't um, have been through it in the first place anyway. But to know that you're still feeling these things now, I think is, is kind of like, it makes it a lot more relatable for everybody as well. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the whole goal behind the, my podcast and the book and the whole concept of CZA is that realist positivity that, you know, everyone has the shit bits. They all have the nitty gritty mm. stuff to get to the joy and that's, but that's part of it. And that's what makes it such an exciting experience. Um, but basically we got married at the end of October last year. I'd had it in my I'd had it in my body to write a book one day. I love writing. I always have, even in my law degree, I chose to do long theses. Like I love writing long pieces of writing and Makes linguistics. I've 
<laughs> I've studied languages, like I love linguistics and that's always been really exciting to me. So I always thought I would write a book eventually, like one day when I was 50 or something. Yeah. And then I had the, you know, the whole idea of seize the A as my life philosophy crystallized and it turned into the podcast. And then I thought, oh, maybe I actually have something to write about. But again, the self-doubt was like, well, what am I even, you know, it's going to get to two pages and I will have exhausted all the ideas in my brain. But then just after the wedding, uh, some publishers thought maybe it would also be a good idea. They listened to the podcast and they thought you could turn this into a book idea. But to have it out by Christmas this year, I had to submit, they came to me in the middle of November, I had to submit 70,000 words, like the whole book, by the start of January. And I was like, Crazy. oh, I thought I'd have <laughs> years, but I've got like a couple of weeks over yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Um, Perfect so time. it all came together very quickly. I actually yeah. operate really well on a deadline anyway, so it was kind of mm. better. Yeah. Um, I just sat down, smashed it out. It was... Uh, I spoke to Mark Manson recently and he said of writing that no author enjoys writing. They enjoy having written. And I totally agree with that. I hated yeah. every minute of it, but now that I've done it, it was the best thing I've ever done. It yeah. was like so difficult and painful and like challenging. And when you're a perfectionist, just to get, it pretty much has every single thing I've ever thought in my brain in a book, but in order of, there's 12 chapters. They all follow ideas and areas of your life. So there's basically a quote for each chapter that addresses a different topic yep. that will help you get to seizing your yay. Instead of, you know, focusing on the busy and the successful, it moves the focus back to joy and fulfillment. But first you have to get through self-doubt. Then you have to get through comparison. Then you have to get through burnout. Yep. Then you have to, you know, build the right village around you. And it kind of just breaks it down into small parts with my story in between and the stories of lots of different guests and lots of different people in society, including all the messy stuff as well. Yeah. And there's a lot about anxiety and getting through, you know, keeping physical health and mental health and kind of, it's just, yeah, a big, beautiful mess of finding your yay. That's awesome. That sounds, um, <laughs> sounds it actually sounds so great. I mean, I'm really excited Aww, too. To read it, what was the, um, this is something that I'm quite interested in, you know, coming back to what I said before, I just get a bit selfish and just ask shit that I want to know myself. Um, <laughs> what, uh, well, in terms, so you had a short period of time to, to write the book. How, like, how the fuck do you sit there? Like when you sit down for that first session, what, what are you thinking? And then like, how long were you spending in each session writing? Like we, what were you doing to break it up to make sure it didn't just become like an absolute ramble? Like we, you, mm. you know, giving yourself breaks in certain periods of time. And like, I just want to kind of understand a bit more about the, the process of actually writing it. Yeah. Great question. Cause I had, I wanted to know that what every author had ever done when I first yeah. sat down and I think it's different really for everyone. Um, and I can't actually promise that I did make sure it wasn't all rambling. I'm sure there's a lot of rambling in there. But yeah, the first time I sat down, I I think you go from first sitting down, building a skeleton, kind of doing dot points, like a map of like, what are the key things that I want to talk about? And then what order kind of makes sense? And you spend a lot of time, well, I spend a lot of time on just the sort of bones, bare bones of the structure yep. and then the things that I had to make sure were in there. Yep. Um, and then also like you, you don't figure out length till later. I knew I had to write yeah. 70,000, but you don't even know what that feels like until you start writing. So <laughs> I spent like days of just what are the main things, mapping what order it out. they go in, mapping it out. Yep. And that actually was quite fulfilling because it's yeah. like the first time you've ever sat down to think what is your first ever expression of your brand and concept going to look like? 
Um, but then once you actually, I had my chapters and I was like, okay, I'm going to try and just do one chapter at a time. They don't have to be in order. Just do what I take. The, I took the same approach as I do with general motivation. Just do what feels right when, you know, when you've got a good burst of motivation, run with it. Mm-hmm. However long you've got it for. If you don't, don't fight it. Just put yep. it down, do something else, start again. And it was very much a process of like some days you could go for hours and others you couldn't. So the first day I sat down, I wrote for like, I reckon maybe seven hours. I just had so much to get down on paper and yeah. like none of it, none of it made it to the final copy, but I just yep. knew that, you know, it just went blah. And then for three days, I couldn't write anything. I'd sit and just stare and like add a sentence, delete a sentence, add it again, put it somewhere else, copy and paste, change the font. Like I just did busy stuff to kind of feel like I was doing yeah. something. Um, and then it took, I reckon until I had a good couple of paragraphs in each chapter. So I had something to sort of start with. Yep. It took until then to be able to write in a, like a, in a row. And by the time I got like, it started really stop starty. And then by, I reckon two weeks in, I was writing towards the end, like maybe 10, 12 hours a day, but I would oh. do that. And I'd be so productive and I had, we went to our, to the countryside. So yeah. I had no distractions and I couldn't do anything else. I'd do that for one day. And then the next day I couldn't write. Like I'd just take the whole okay. day off yeah, and just yeah. Yeah. watch Netflix, not even yeah. try and write emails. It's a very, um, we're a fickle beast. And I think you just have to be really attuned to like, am I going to get anything done today? Some days you wake up, you're like, mm. I'm going to nail it. Next yeah. day you're like, not going to happen. Yeah. And just accepting that and not just thinking that you need to do something every single day or thinking that you have to be productive every day or I mean it kind of sounds like it plays into a lot about what you actually talk about anyway in the in the book yeah and a lot of the time like I thought I would sit down and be like 5,000 words today 10,000 words tomorrow like I thought I'd have more of a structure but as soon as you start you realize it's not going to work it's never going to work that way because your ideas and motivation they just don't flow that way so you've got to be much more flexible really gentle on yourself and yeah, I think um, I think it took maybe fourteen days to get the full like everything that I thought I wanted to say out, and then that yep. you just go back and you edit and you edit and you move things yeah. around, and then you get an actual editor to come and look at it. And then the editing process itself took another, I reckon, three or four months. But that first yep. seventy thousand word chunk—that's the important was, um, bit. Yeah, that's the bit yeah. where, and I mean like. I would spend the first, even on the days where I'd work for 10 hours. I think I remember, I reckon you came in for a session with Nick like quite soon after you finished it and you just said you'd done like nothing. You just like, your brain has sparked <laughs> like you were just ready to just get back to some normality because you'd just been basically just blocked out everything apart from that. Yeah, totally. I Like some people can compartmentalise, but I couldn't do normal work and yeah. write on the same day. Like I had to yep. really... It took me maybe three hours each day to even get in the zone of like what Mm. I was trying to say and to re-go through the structure and hold all my ideas together. So I'd spend the first three hours just reading what I wrote and thinking and then suddenly it would just go, okay, I'm ready to write. And you have to, you can't skip through that first three hours. Like every day I'd have to do it and think, fuck, like, come on. And then it would just come and some days I... It's kind of like, like when you go for a run, the first kilometer is always fucking horrendous. Yes. And then you get a yeah. one or two Ks in and then you start to feel good. And then towards the end, you're like, I could keep going all day. And then you finish and you're like, fuck, thank, thank God I did that. That is exactly what it's like. And the other thing that like really reminded me of just the broader general life, you know, 
theme of self-doubt is that some days I would finish and be like, I fucking nailed that. I'm definitely going to win some prize for <laughs> Like, this is just so fucking good. It's going to change lives. Next day, I'd be like, everything is shit. Like, Gosh, I'm yeah. going to just delete everything. And, start, and I deleted the first three attempts that I made at, like, the whole introduction and first chapter because I was like, this is bullshit. Right. Like, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then you just get to, like, 60,000 words and you're like, well, I can't delete the whole thing now. I've got to deal with the thing shit. And then the <laughs> yeah, next day you're like, actually, it's kind of good. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just, it was a roller coaster. That's unreal. So when is the release of the book, the hard copy? First of September. So only a couple of weeks. Not far away. So when, so people can, can, yeah. uh, can pre-buy the book now. You can pre-order now from Booktopia and they'll ship from September 1st, maybe a little bit earlier because they exist now. I got a photo yesterday. I saw that yesterday. How exciting. Yeah, they're real. That's pretty cool. Have you got one? I haven't. People have got one. So a couple of the media agencies uh, sent me messages saying, oh my God, we got the book. We're so excited. I was like, I don't have it yet. yet. What do you mean? I'm like, oh no, people are reading it. Ah. Hilarious. But um, mine's on the way, I hope. Yeah. So That's I'll exciting. Well, we'll um, I'll get you to, to send me the link and we'll have all that in the in the um, show notes for everybody to go and pre-order the book, which is very oh, exciting. Um, I appreciate your time today, Sarah. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for good. having me. I'm like, what? It's done? That was like the quickest chat. It's time gone so quick, hasn't it? Fun. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, big shout out to Paul. who was a great guest. Well done. Oh, yeah, he really made a valuable For those valuable that are listening and have no idea who Paul is, it's not, <laughs> it's not Sarah's second partner. It's not, I mean, Nick's her husband, but Paul, he's the dog. And um, he's he's hanging out on the couch and unfortunately couldn't chat with us today, but that's all right, next time. He tried. He did try. He tried at one point, somewhere. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks again, Sarah. And um, for everybody who's tuned in today, like I said, go and pre-order the book. Take a screenshot of today's episode if you've enjoyed the show, which I'm sure you have, and post it up on your socials for me. Tag myself and tag Sarah. Um, Have a great day, Sarah. Thank you. You too.